0: thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is That Paleo Show with your hosts, Stephanie Wozelik, Dr.
1: Jana James, and Dr. Brett Hill.
2: That paleo Show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Stephanie Wazalek. I'm Dr. Yana James.
0: And I'm Dr. Brett Hill.
2: Today's interview should be really interesting because we have with us the author of the autoimmune paleo cookbook ebook by Mickey Trescott. We've spoken on the show before about how the incidences of autoimmunity are rising dramatically, and I suspect that a lot of people find paleo by looking for an autoimmune protocol to follow in hopes of reversing their condition. So... Mickey's been through a lot herself, starting out as a vegan, discover, discovering she had both Hashimoto's and celiac disease, and then transitioning to paleo. Her journey and many delicious recipes are chronicled on her blog, autoimmune-paleo.com. Mickey is a nutritional therapy practitioner, and what makes her cookbook so exciting is that she's also a personal chef. All of these things make for some delicious recipes, and I'm sure it'll be a great chat today. So welcome to the show, Mickey.
3: Thanks, guys. I'm really excited to be here. Wonderful. So, to start
2: today, we'd love it if you could give us an overview of your journey to this point. I know I missed out a lot, but starting with being vegan, to discovering about your autoimmune conditions, and finally to where you are now.
3: Awesome. Um, Well, I discovered paleo, um, like you started out saying, after being diagnosed with both Hashimoto's and Celiac Disease. Um, and what happened was I, I was treated conventionally by doctors and I was not finding success. I was actually getting worse. Um, I started having neurological and connective tissue symptoms. Um, and I became so sick that I couldn't work anymore. Um, so a big piece of the puzzle for me was that I had been vegan for a decade and I finally made the connection that the massive nutrient deficiencies caused by my poor diet choice were really causing, um, problems and Um, making it really hard for me to get healthy again. So in an act of desperation, um, I changed my diet to paleo. Um, I made some progress, but there were still some things that were bothering me. So I came across the work of Dr. Karazian, um, who has an autoimmune hypothyroidism diet as part of his program. Um, And I also found the autoimmune protocol. Um, which all of the paleo experts were calling it. Um, I was really surprised that both of their recommendations from the paleo camp and um, Dr. Krausian who's a functional medicine practitioner um, Were basically the same thing with a few minor um, differences And I figured um, those were kind of the two approaches that I was looking into um, And so I went for it Um and after a few months, most of the really severe symptoms that were keeping me from working went away. Um, I was able to return to work um, as part-time as a personal chef. Um, and as time went on, I kept making progress. Um, I finally found myself healthy and energetic. Um, I still avoided a lot of the foods originally. Um, that were excluded in the original elimination diet. So it wasn't like I went for a few months and then all of a sudden was just like eating paleo again. Um, I was on a really restricted diet, but it was worth it because I felt really good. Um, And then after my recovery, I went back to school, um, studied nutritional therapy. I started my blog. um, And I just really wanted to learn more about why eating real whole foods were so effective at healing chronic um, health conditions like autoimmune disease, um, especially after being vegan for so long and really buying into all of that misinformation that was out there about saturated fat and animal products. And I didn't want to make the same mistake by you know, jumping into paleo. So um, that's kind of how I got here.
0: So, um, Mickey, let's start right from the start. Like, what what spurred your original decision to become vegan? Like, what was it about that that really appealed to you? And then, I guess, uh, how did you deal with that then as you changed through to paleo?
3: riding horses, Um, my mom breeds horses and I love animals so I was really drawn to veganism because I love animals and I really didn't want to see them suffer and when I thought of uh, horses were my favorite animal and a cow is really not that different. I mean it is but I just made that connection at a very young age and I was you know put off by it and I was not interested in meat and I actually felt better when I didn't have meat which now I've learned is a sign of not being able to digest it um but back then I didn't know so um it was definitely you know a love of animals and um animal rights and as I became vegetarian and then vegan I got more kind of sucked into that um that dogma that like you know the the animal the animal rights thing so
1: yeah yeah um with, you said that there was nutrient deficiencies with being a vegan, is that because you became more of like just a carbaholic or were you really vigilant with your ratios and the types of foods you were putting in, it was just because you are missing that crucial meat component that you were deficient in nutrients and enzymes and things?
3: what's really interesting is I was like a whole foods vegan I was not one of these people that was eating a lot of soy I didn't eat any of the processed fake meats I didn't eat tofu um, I didn't eat any sugar or candy or drink sugar. Like I, I was actually introduced to a whole foods diet by a Chinese doctor and chef who I worked along with and who I uh, learned a lot from him. And he taught me a lot about, um, like Chinese medicine and combining different flavors. And that's how I got into cooking. So as a vegan, I was cooking like whole meals from scratch. I was not eating all these foods. And so when I became ill and I went to the doctors and they kept saying, you've all these deficiencies I was like this isn't possible you don't know what I eat like I eat this perfect diet you know Mm -hmm. Um, and I was including lots of fat I eat lots of avocados I eat lots of olive oil Um, but I mean we know that there are nutrients that you need in meat in order to be healthy and you know I just kind of ten years is, is a long time you know to be deficient in certain things so I learned that lesson the hard way for sure
0: Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, so let's, let's move on and start talking about that, those autoimmune conditions, I mean just for our listeners can you go through you know, what exactly they are like what sort of things we're talking about
3: autoimmune disease is basically where your your immune system is attacking your own tissue as if it were a a pathogen or an antigen, something that's aggravating it that it wants to eliminate. Um, So it can be anything from, you know, a skin condition, um, a thyroid condition is what I have, Hashimoto's, um, where it attacks your thyroid tissue and then the thyroid isn't able to function optimally. Um, there are lots of digestive issues um, i have C- also have celiac disease, which um, it's common for people with autoimmunity to have other autoimmune diseases so Um, When I was really sick, I had neurological symptoms. I was losing feeling in my hands and feet. Um, I was in my face, actually. I was slurring my speech. Um, I had connective tissue symptoms. And I started going down this wormhole, and I was seeing specialists, and they were all saying, yes, this is autoimmune. Yes, this is autoimmune. Let's wait and let's see kind of what happens to give you diagnosis. And fortunately... I found the diet piece. I found, you know, that vegan was really a bad choice and turned it around before, you know, I went down that road. But autoimmunity is really gnarly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I kind of like saw a glimpse, glimpse of it for six months of like where it can go. And um, I'm really fortunate that I was able to turn it around and like go the other direction.
2: So can we just yeah. get back to the diagnosis piece for a second then? So are you saying that you... Were you actually clinically
3: diagnosed then? With celiac disease and Hashimoto's disease, but um, the connective tissue and the neurology, I was tested and I had enough diagn- diagnostic criteria at the time to be diagnosed with like lupus. Um, but that's a, an autoimmune disease that they generally, if someone walks in with all the symptoms, they won't give a diagnosis until they're sure. Um, until you have symptoms for a long enough time and they can tell like, for instance, anemia, you know, um, that can be caused by being vegan. And so I was anemic and it wouldn't respond to supplementation. So they guessed that it could be autoimmune, but you know, when I, changed my diet. I don't know if it was because it was autoimmune or because I needed to eat meat or, you know, they resolved themselves. So I didn't get a diagnosis of that particular autoimmune disease, if that makes sense.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, no, it yeah. definitely does. Could you maybe then talk a little bit about the
2: actual diagnosis that you did receive? Um, how, what was the process for that and like the accuracy and,
3: and whatnot? Well, I went in to see a naturopath and i was tired and i had a lot of just like general like fatigue and not sleeping and my hair was falling out and I guessed that I had had a thyroid condition but I went to my general practitioner and they tested my thyroid they said that's fine um you have nothing wrong with you and so I sought out a naturopath and he tested me for antibodies for Hashimoto's and it came back positive and he told me that my lab work wasn't as good as my previous doctor had told me it was um so he put me on like a a detox and I was still vegan and I actually got very sick after the detox and um, I was in the hospital and I ended up firing him obviously because he was me. Um, but then I sought out another doctor and they did a blood antibody test for celiac disease and it came back positive um, so after that I got diagnosed with celiac I cut out all gluten from my diet and I didn't feel better Um, And so that's when I found a functional practitioner, and I was kind of in the middle of this, you know, having all of these autoimmune symptoms, having the neurological stuff, trying to find specialists, but they were kind of treating me like I was really crazy and really paranoid and you know
0: what I mean? Like, <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. And, and I think this is one of the challenges for people, isn't it? That very often, I think for a lot of people in our population, they've got inflammatory processes going on in their body. They've got autoimmune processes going on in their body. And perhaps it's not, you know, what the doctors would consider significant enough to diagnose as an autoimmune condition. Um, but by the same time, it's not allowing them to, to sort of express their full potential or to be as healthy as they possibly can be either. So, you know, how, what are your suggestions for people, Mickey, who, um, you know, who think, well, maybe, you know, maybe I do need to check this out maybe there is more I could be doing maybe I do have this going on even though they've had a diagnosis to say no that's not right
3: yeah, I mean, that's it's really hard because I was in the situation where I kept seeing doctors even though I didn't have money to do so. I wasn't working, I was going more in debt by the minute, just um, going through all of these tests, you know, and um, it was frustrating because I never found anyone who would take the autoimmune piece seriously. Um, like you said, you know, I, I had obvious issues, but no one was able to connect the dots. Um, and I think going back, if I would have found someone, um, specifically trained in functional medicine, I would have had a better chance. I think I was seeing conventional doctors, um, and naturopaths, which, you know, some naturopaths are great, but some of them, um, some of them just, you know, they still believe in this low fat diet and lots of supplements and, you know, they, I don't know they're not, it's not specific enough to autoimmune. So Mm -hmm. I think for anyone that suspects that they have autoimmunity, um, if the testing, you know, self-experimentation goes a long way. So, I mean, getting your, just your gut tested, seeing if you have any type of pathogens, um, dealing with any type of adrenal fatigue and then just getting doing an elimination diet and getting your food right. That, those are all things that you can do on your own or with a practitioner that even someone who will work on lo, um, long distance, it doesn't have to be someone local. And then if you still need more help, you can seek out someone um, that can see you in person and order some um, more specific testing. But it's definitely a hard road.
2: Sure, sure. So could you maybe go into why diet actually does work for autoimmune conditions?
3: Absolutely. Um, so autoimmunity, they've found, um, researchers have found that it is very linked to intestinal permeability, which is basically um, the tight junctions in the small intestine are supposed to let certain proteins and um, molecules of food through um, when they're the proper size, and it can select what it wants. Um, and when someone has intestinal permeability or leaky gut, these particles get leaked through and they are left basically for the immune system to deal with. So when someone has an autoimmune disease, their immune system already, is, something's wrong. So when you're having all of these undigested proteins going through and aggravating it, basically, so what the autoimmune protocol and what... Um, gut healing diets do is they remove all of these triggers, um, and they help the gut lining seal up and, um, not be so irritated. And it really is effective in helping people, um, get past some of their, autoimmune symptoms it's really great
0: and so you've mentioned fixing up the gut twice now because you mentioned it from when you were in your vegan days and that you actually weren't able to digest the meat properly because your gut wasn't functioning right and then you've sort of mentioned it again now in regards to to fixing up your autoimmune and the leaky gut so um, obviously the autoimmune protocol is is a big part of that in terms of healing your gut was there anything else you had to do to, to really help that area heal
3: I mean, it's been a it's been a really long process, and it's it started with the stomach acid because when I started eating meat, I was seeing a functional medicine practitioner, and she gave me hydrochloric acid, and um, I didn't have any problem digesting meat when I supplemented with that. So that was the first sign that you know I've had some deep rooted issues with digestion um and so of course the autoimmune protocol removing all the foods um but lately i i just had a um a dna stool test done and i found out that i had an overgrowth of h pylori um i have a parasite i had a really low level of beneficial bacteria even though i've been taking probiotics and eating lots of fermented foods so um so it's, it's, even though I feel great right now, I still have issues. And I think that's really common with autoimmunity. It's, it's really a long, difficult process to, um, kind of seal up that gut from all angles, you know, from the food triggers, from the pathogens, um, and just making sure that every, the whole digestive cascade is working efficiently, you know? <clears throat>
2: Absolutely. Absolutely, and I think it's really important just to emphasize that to the listeners as well is that this isn't a quick fix. So nothing we really talk about on this show, I guess, is a quick fix. Um, but maybe you could talk now a little bit more specifically about the autoimmune protocol itself. Now your book has a fantastic list in it of what foods to eat and avoid, but maybe you could give us a summary.
3: Yeah, um, so the autoimmune protocol is kind of a subset of paleo, which um, you guys talk about all the time. Um, no beans, no grains, um, no dairy for most people. Um, and uh, in the autoimmune protocol, we also remove um, eggs, um, most specifically the white. It's not actually the yolk that's problematic. Um, dairy, um, nuts, seeds, um, including... Um, Coffee and chocolate, unfortunately, and seed based spices, um, and nightshades, which are potatoes, tomatoes, um, peppers, both um, sweet peppers and hot peppers, like cayenne, and pepper spices, and spices that have pepper in them, like curry, um, and things like ground cherries, and actually ashwagandha is a nightshade. Um, So we remove all of those um, for an elimination phase, which could be from 30 to 90 days. I think the longer, the better. And then you systematically reintroduce um, the foods one by one just to see um, if at all they're contributing or what symptoms you get when you eat them. And then you arrive at kind of your ideal you know, paleo style diet. And over time, you might not tolerate something and then be able to reintroduce it a few months later and find that it works. Um, At least that's been my experience. Um, So it's a pretty cool tool to learn how to listen to your own body and, you know, figure out what's right for you.
1: Excellent. So um, if you've got multiple autoimmune conditions, then you would follow the same protocol, right? Eliminate everything that could be a potential aggravating factor and then slowly introduce it in over time.
3: Totally. And even... People that don't have specifically an autoimmune diagnosis, I know a lot of people have received a lot of benefit from going through the autoimmune protocol. Um, maybe they're on a paleo diet and they still have some health issues that they don't really know what they're from. Um, and they cut out all these foods and then they reintroduce and they start to see, well, you know, I had joint pain and now I don't have joint pain. And then when I eat nightshades, I do. So I must be sensitive to nightshades. Um, so it's, it's an interesting um, process for actually anyone to go through just figuring out what foods
1: they're sensitive to. So what are the sorts of things could people be looking for in, in, in uh, you know, so often? I mean, when I cut out gluten, I had no idea what gluten did to me until I cut it out and then reintroduced it and saw how awful I felt when I had it. What are some of the things that people might be experiencing and don't recognize might be related to food? I mean, you, you mentioned then... Um, Oh, what did you just mention? I was thinking about skin conditions because that's what Steph's been working on, but you were talking about something else that my brain got distracted on. So what's the sort of things that people could be uh, experiencing?
3: Well, if you have a diagnosed autoimmune condition, the first thing you'd be looking for is a relief in any of those symptoms. And then when you reintroduce foods, um, a return of them. So... Um, for instance if you have psoriasis and which is a skin condition and you go on the autoimmune protocol and your psoriasis goes away you start to reintroduce eggs and it comes back you would be it would be obvious that eggs um, aren't right for you at that time um, so other you know like a thyroid is is difficult because we know thyroid disease can affect so many systems in the body and um, the symptoms can be kind of obscure um, so really it's it can be anything from a digestive change, um, skin, mood, sleep, um, yeah, just basically anything that would that's like a backslide to maybe where you were before. And what's really hard for some people is if they don't receive any benefit from being on the autoimmune protocol, it's really hard to start reintroducing foods because then you don't really have anything, um, to base how you're feeling on, um, But yeah, it, I mean, any symptom, any feeling, I mean, I know for me, gluten, I never had any digestive issues with gluten, even though I have celiac disease. That turned, I mean, we think that the cause of my neurological problems was gluten. And while that's uncommon, um, there are people out there that, you know, their symptoms manifest in that way. And, you know, depending on your autoimmune condition, Um, It could
0: be anything in the book. So, so, Mickey, um, when people go down this route, they tend to do it in one of two ways. They either sort of eliminate everything on the list and then gradually reintroduce them one at a time. Or otherwise, people tend to sort of pick one thing on the list and try eliminating that and see whether that makes a difference. Um, You know, is which way is the best way to go? And does it make a significant difference which way you sort of try and figure this out?
3: It depends. I know people that have done it both ways and been successful. Um, gluten is something that everyone should always eliminate um, autoimmune or not. Um, but for instance, if you, someone was eating gluten and they eliminated nightshades, I would have a hard time believing if they have an autoimmune disease, they're going to be able to tell because gluten mm-hmm. is just so bad for them. <laughs> um, so, you know, Doing it strict, doing a complete elimination. I mean, I think that's the best way, but I know a lot of people can't go there yet. So if you're eating a regular standard um, standard diet, you could try paleo for a while as a transition, and then you could try paleo without eggs, and then you could, you know, experiment with nuts and seeds and kind of do it one thing at a time. Um <clears throat> And if I were doing it that way, I would um, I would leave nuts and seeds last because they're least likely to be problematic in the long run. Um, <laughs> but you know the big ones are the eggs, the dairy, um, and the nightshades. So yeah, yeah people, people can do it both ways, but I think this doing a strict elimination diet is definitely the most effective way to so get when in.
2: So you say strict. Um- I just want to clarify for our listeners, is that 100% like no contamination, basically monitoring every last tiny little thing you eat? And for how long would that be?
3: Yes, that's 100% um, including supplements, which you'll find a lot of like rice flour and stuff like that and supplements. So. Um, I've had people do it that weren't experiencing success. And then they looked at their supplements and they were like, Oh, man, you know, I've been eating this for, you know, or taking these for a few weeks. Um, but 30 days is actually the minimum that I recommend. Um, and depending on the conditions, the severity, I mean, some people have better, um, better luck when they go a few months. And me personally, I was on the protocol for two to three months. Um, I didn't, keep perfect track but it seemed like a really long time before mm. i was really comfortable reintroducing foods because i didn't feel better right away um after a month i was skeptical but i kept with it and when i did that first reintroduction i was like wow this is really powerful so time is definitely um really useful
1: yeah mm-hmm. it seems like a long time but i guess when you're looking at a uh, an entire lifetime it's minimal when you trying to actually get the most years out of your life so definitely worth doing um are there any other lifestyle changes that you would recommend people make for autoimmune conditions yes um
3: i am a big fan of making sure that you're getting enough sleep um Mm -hmm. i find a lot of people who are willing to go 100 percent and be really strict on diet but they don't want to look at um, their sleep or their stress levels um, and just making sure that, you know, you're giving your body enough time to rest and regenerate and heal um, with all of these wonderful foods that you're giving it in order to go through that process. I think it's super important. Um, and getting sun, just making sure that, you know, you get outside. Um, you don't really have to exercise. And a lot of people with autoimmune disease have, obvious problems um with joints or with fatigue but just getting some fresh air maybe taking a little walk maybe sitting outside for a while and doing a meditation and and getting some sunlight is really important
0: so mickey one question i've got here obviously you talked about this autoimmune thing being you know protocol being a short-term thing and and paleo sort of being more of a long-term thing to be able to maintain. And so would you expect if someone then had been doing, for instance, paleo their whole life, um, would they then perhaps not, you know, not be sensitive to any of these foods? Or do you think that people would still sometimes be sensitive to some of these foods, even if they'd been, you know, exercising, not stressing, doing paleo, all of that sort of stuff?
3: You know, I really don't know. I think I, I think it makes sense that they wouldn't be sensitive to them, but, I think if, if an issue crops up, it doesn't hurt to try to cut out certain foods. Um, I mean, you could pinpoint in that case, um, you would need to do like a strict autoimmune protocol, but someone with all of a sudden having some joint pain might be able to say, well, you know, I'm going to try to cut out nightshades for a while because that's usually, um, nightshades and joint pain like to go together. And, you know, someone with, digestive distress might say, Oh, I'll try not having eggs for a while. So, um, so yeah. And as far as the autoimmune protocol being a short-term thing, it's, you know, a month or three months seems like a long time. I've been on the protocol for a little over a year. Um, and I've been able to reintroduce nuts and seeds and eggs, but I still can't eat nightshades. Um, And I'm sticking with kind of where I'm at because I feel good, you know? And I think that's motivation, you know? Yeah, so when you
2: you went paleo, or when you went autoimmune paleo in the beginning, I know you felt quite restricted, especially being a chef, you felt quite restricted with the ingredients you had to work with. And then you kind of came around and obviously developed tons of awesome recipes. So do you have any pointers and tips for people who might want to try this out?
3: Yeah, um, so in the beginning, I was super frustrated with the lack of food choices. And then I really started nerding out on the things that I could actually have. So I would go to the farmer's market, and I would buy all the vegetables that were in season that I could eat. And I would, you know, have fun just making all these dishes of you know beautiful local food um that was really inspiring um and I started instead of eating out which I did a couple times a week before um paleo I would use that money and I would find a farmer and buy like a really nice cut of meat that before would be like a total splurge I would not be able to afford it but you know, I'd buy something really nice from a local farmer who, you know, treats their animals well, and because I have the whole eth- ethical piece that's really important to me. Um, and I'd cook up a really nice meal and have friends over and like enjoy that um, that beautiful, savory dish. You know, um, and I wouldn't be sitting there being sad that I can't have my my wine or you know whatever else you know cuz i mean you guys know after seeing the book there's so many things you can have and that's what i wanted to show people was look this can be beautiful this can be interesting you can eat with the seasons um you can eat all of all of this meat that's like all these different varieties and cuts and flavors and Um, even though it's so limited it's kind of unlimited in a way so and I think that's
0: the point isn't it at the end of the day you're probably having a lot more variety and a lot more different flavors than most people just eating the standard Australian or standard American diet as well so you know there's still plenty of variety there um Mickey just one last question I want to ask you you said that the um, nightshades you know you still can't do those Um, so what happens to you now if you do consume nightshades how do you know
3: get terrible joint pain and it's delayed so I don't know right after I've had it but I'll usually wake up the next morning and I can't even make a fist with my hands so it's like really serious joint pain and I actually get acne from it too so um, and it's really sad because that is the hardest thing to avoid besides gluten when eating out. so I pretty much can't eat at any restaurant because there's paprika and their tomato sauce and I mean it's in everything so
2: yeah, I definitely yeah. noticed that as well, Mickey. <laughs> when I was doing my eliminations i I actually didn't even know about some of these nightshades on here, but I definitely struggled even just avoiding tomatoes so i i feel for you and i think this might be my future too so <laughs> anyways look thank you so much for the interview today if anyone listening wants to go look up um, some more information mickey's website is awesome and again that's autoimmune-paleo.com and you can also find her book there as well and i definitely recommend downloading that ebook because it's fantastic
3: so did you have anything you want to to add just before we go, Mickey? No, just that I'm so grateful for you guys having me on, and um, I think your show is great, and I'm really excited to be sharing information with your listeners.
2: Wonderful, thank you. I've been excited to do an autoimmune episode, so I'm glad we finally did. So, everyone, until next week, check us out on Facebook, share your story, and help to grow the Paleo Tribe worldwide.
0: This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives.
3: Hi, Damien Christoph from 100 Not Out Here. Wow, what a wellness summit we had
0: in Melbourne. 600 people filled the Crown Conference Centre to listen to Cindy O'Meara and her Up For A Chat colleagues, David Gillespie, Ron Ehrlich... Nicole Bilgema and the Wellness Guys, of
3: course. And guess what? We recorded every single minute of it. That's right. You can see nine
0: world-class speakers with over seven hours of footage in the comfort of your own home. How cool is that? The best news is until midnight Saturday the 7th, September 2013, this pack is just
1: $147. Then it'll go to $197. So to pre-order your Wellness Summit Home Study Program for just $147, go to www.thewellnesscouch.com and click on Shop.